We've got a father in the church who's going to be speaking to us. He's, he's uh, founded the church. Um, he's been with us. He's been such a, a great spiritual father. Um, and we're just going to be hearing from Paul Rass today. Um, so I just want to pray in particularly for Paul, and then I'm going to hand it over to him. Uh, and uh, we'll just just pray that your hearts would be open to receive the truth. So Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for this faithful man of God. I thank you for the dedication of years that he's given to you and for the blessing and wisdom that you have bestowed upon him. And I pray that your spirit of anointing would be on him right now so that your words of truth would just strike into our hearts that transforms us more this day into the likeness of your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Paul. Hello, saints. I think it's uh, an awful long time since I last looked at you from this angle. Uh, We've had restrictions and all of that. But uh, by my calculation, I think it was around about September, October of 2019. Can you believe it? But it's great to be back up here and looking at you and at least seeing your eyes. Uh, I, for some time, have been fellowshipping with the back of your heads. But uh, that was good, but it's much better to be able to see you face to face. I want to just share with you some thoughts this morning that have become very prominent and very real to me over this time that they've called lockdown. Uh, In a physical sense, uh, in the natural realm, we have been restricted, but I tell you what, it's been an opportunity to break free of any, any earthly bonds and reach deeper and higher into God than ever before. I feel as if I've drawn so much closer to him, experienced so much more from him. He's become so real to me. You know, it's a funny thing, isn't it? I mean, he always was real, but he's become even more real. Uh, I don't know if that makes much sense, but it is, it is a case of feeling the heat and the warmth of the fire and then drawing so much closer, and, uh, you know, the, the, that, that, that awareness of the fire just, just grows many, many times over as you step up right next to it. And uh, I trust that your experience, my friends, has been the same. I, I've observed with much sadness so much that was given to despair, to fear, uh, when during this, this COVID stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the, the opportunity to prove the greatness of God in your life and in your circumstances was tremendous. We, we could break through, even although there were laws and regs we had to abide by, we could break through those into a, a liberty and a freedom knowing that in Christ, There is a security. In Christ there is a release of the abundance of what heaven has poured down to us through the Spirit of God. That we could could move into a depth and climb to a height 
and sense heavenly breezes perhaps that we would not otherwise have sensed. So I trust that has been your, your experience. Uh, we're not, we're not, we shouldn't now in a spiritual sense be coming out of something. We should be going deeper into something because we've already been climbing. So I pray that what I have to share with you this morning, just a few thoughts that have become so precious to me. Thoughts that have, that have given new life and understanding to my spirit man. I, I just love it when, when God comes and he unfolds things. He opens your spiritual eyes, so to speak. And you begin to hear things with your spiritual ears that you never quite grasped before. And God just comes and he just highlights it. And I, 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 I'm, I, I trust many of you have already been here and moved on from it to greater things. But just, just journey with me this morning as I share a few things with you that have become so real to me. We've been in the series, Life in the Spirit. Have I got that right, Ash? Life in the Spirit. And uh, when Mark asked me to speak, he specifically said, could I uh, share with you on uh, the Holy Spirit as a comforter? I'll touch on that, but I'm I'm going to uh, diversify quite a bit. And I want to amplify to you this morning that having the Holy Spirit Dwelling in you. Are you getting that? Right now, you have the third person of the Godhead, his, the Spirit of God, the, the Holy Spirit, vibrantly alive within you. For the purposes of this morning's sharing, I'm, I'm referring to him as the divine connection. A divine connection that makes all the difference in your living the side of heaven. All the difference. And I'm trusting that even as words are spoken this morning, that the Spirit of God himself will speak, will drop into your heart, will clarify in your understanding truths that are from God, truths that will change you and change the way that you look at life. You ready to give it a go? I want to just remind you that the born-again experience, and and so I'll mostly be speaking to born-again people here this morning, But the one or two or more that that might be those who feel that the umbilical cord has been cut or perhaps never even attached, I pray that you'll move into what we're going to share this morning. And please, I want to reiterate, do see Ashley or Mike afterwards and speak to them. And they'll pray a prayer of faith over your life. You know what? I guarantee you, it's a prayer that God will hear. It's a prayer that God will respond to. And something amazing will happen to you. As you lock in to to 
the provision that is yours this morning. You're struggling to breathe in a spiritual sense. You're you're gasping, perhaps. But the breath of life, the Spirit of God wants to come. The breath that gives life and He wants to breathe into your heart and set it pumping again. He wants to bring you into a brand new walk with God. So please do see them afterwards and listen to what they share with you. God highlighted that this morning because he wants to change your walk from this moment onwards. So the born-again experience is something that comes about via a divine experience, a divine connection. Jesus' death and his resurrection introduced to us a brand new covenant, a covenant in which our contact or connection with God became far more vital and, and, and step by step, day by day, week by week experience, year in, year out. It became something that was, that was not just a process of observing certain religious functions, and that helped you, and it helped the Old Testament saints, but this new covenant, this new Uh, experience that you and I now have with Christ being made, made, making a way for us in such a way that we are described as being in him, being in Christ, with a constant feed of spiritual oxygen coming to us via the indwelling Holy Spirit. What a thought that is. Knowing that, that I stumble and trip and sometimes even fall flat on my face. Knowing that despite that, there is the Spirit of the living God dwelling. Dwelling. Not coming and going, but dwelling in me. Causes me to keep reaching for water. That's a funny thing, isn't it? You, you, you get fed and you drink from the water of life and it's, it's so satisfying, but all it does is create a thirst for far more. And so in this, this experience of the new birth, bringing about an indwelling Holy Spirit, we are connected to the Father and to the Son, of course, via the Holy Spirit indwelling us. There is, there is an approach this morning to the throne of grace, to the, to the, the, the Father of, of lights. There is an approach to him this morning of being able to be being plugged in all the time. I was working with a device this week and couldn't figure out why it wouldn't do what it should do until I realized I hadn't plugged it in. <laughs> and, and that is such a picture of our spiritual walk. When we, when we realize there is, there is the availability 
of drawing on the life and the, the, the excitement and the provision that is to be found in Christ, it changes the way you think, people. It changes the way you look at life. It changes the way you, you listen to what you hear on the news. It changes everything. And that's why, if, forgive me if I get a little excited this morning about stuff like this, because it just makes the world of difference. This divine connection we have with the Godhead. The born again experience is the most, to my way of thinking at any rate, the most powerful miracle that the Holy Spirit does. To change fallen man from what he is to what he can become in Christ is an amazing event. I wish I was more eloquent to find other words to describe that, but it, it is, it is life-changing, isn't it? And uh, it's, it's just something that brings <clears throat> such a uh, happiness, joy, peace, satisfaction that nothing else can give. Other things will give you a taste of those things, but it's temporary. It's, it's what some people call a high, and then you back down to a low or to normal again. But, but being in Christ and what you experience via the indwelling Holy Spirit makes such a difference. And it's something you've got to teach yourself to walk there. Because circumstances and what happens around you can be so overwhelming. And if you look at it with your natural eyes and you respond to it with your natural senses, it could overwhelm you. And I'm not saying there shouldn't be a moment when you feel a bit buffeted by all these things, but I'm urging you and I I encourage and exhort myself to, in those moments, realize that we have available to us something that can lift us above those circumstances. Just like the the cork will rise with the floodwaters, so when, when these circumstances seek to overwhelm us, we can be walking through the fire, but it won't kindle upon us. We can go through the waters, but we won't sink. God will raise us constantly because we are looking at who is. And then there's that example, wonderful example in the, in, in the book of Acts, where Stephen is being martyred and he's being stoned and he rises above it. I mean, can you imagine the pain of rocks hitting your body? But here's this guy. He looks past all of that and he says, I see him standing, my Lord, standing at the right hand of God the Father. Forgive them, Lord, for they don't know what they're doing. What a prayer to pray in moments like that. And I tell you, it's only because of who he was connected to. The Father, the Son, via the indwelling Holy Spirit. I think of another prominent person in the New Testament by the name of Nicodemus. And he's talking to Jesus and he's, you know, he's, he's uh, commending Jesus for who he is. And then Jesus turns and says to him, listen, 
unless you are born again, you, you, cannot, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And uh, Nicodemus, who's a learned religious ruler, he's, he's, he's an educated chap, and he, he completely misses what Jesus is trying to say, because Jesus says, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you, 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 know, you cannot be, see the kingdom of God, you can't enter it. And, and he, he misses the point altogether. He, he starts thinking of, of natural birth, whereas Jesus is speaking of a spiritual birth. And, and this, that, 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 that quote of, uh, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, is probably comes from, from Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel 36, where, uh, or 30, 35, where those words are used. Uh, where God says of Israel, I'm going to sprinkle you with water and cleanse you, and I'll send my spirit to be in you. And it's, it's, it's a great insight. Now, as a, as a religious ruler, as one of the, the learned fellows, he should have known that scripture, the old covenant. He should have known it well enough to know that. But he, he thinks of a natural birth. And Jesus points him to the fact that there's a time coming when the experience of, of having your life completely changed, even as a nation, even as an individual, is going to be a spiritual happening. And, and it's going to happen because the Spirit will be in you. Tremendous point, uh, finger pointing to the, the future of, of an experience that you and I know today experientially. Isn't that great? So here he is. And he, he misses the point altogether. That is nothing that, that he does by following laws and rituals, etc. It's nothing by... You know, you're not going to get there, Nicodemus, by doing it like that. But a time is coming when it will be a supernatural act of God via the death and resurrection of Jesus, imparted by the dynamic of the Holy Spirit into your life, and you will know the new birth. You will experience it because the Spirit of God will be in you. The New Testament experience is given to us in John fourteen seventeen, where it says, He is with you and shall be futuristic. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you and shall be in you with reference to the new birth. In John seven thirty eight, we see that that hadn't happened yet because... Uh, they, they were at this place uh, at that point in time where the Spirit, it says, quite clearly had not yet been given because Christ had not yet been glorified. The indwelling Holy Spirit only became possible after Jesus was glorified through his death, his resurrection, and presenting his blood to God the Father in the Holy of Holies, the heavenly Holy of Holies. From that point on, 
the new birth experience via the Holy Spirit became a reality. Oh, I'd love to expand on that, but we don't have the time. In you. He will be in you. John 14, 17. Get your concordance when you go home and have a look at it. The, the, the Greek is a, is a present, prominent preposition. It is, it is saying that it is fixed in terms of time, in terms of space, and in terms of state. And that's what you and I have right now, dear ones. If you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit is fixed in you. Regardless of where you are, regardless of what your state is, He is there. It's a divine connection that is, that is so much part and parcel of our new birth. When it talks about he is with you, that is a wonderful germ that Jesus says is being planted for some futuristic fulfillment. And I'm glad you and I walk in the dispensation of its fulfillment. Can you imagine trying to live a Christian life without having the indwelling Holy Spirit who is not just your friend but he's your teacher. He's your guide. But we're so busy about life sometimes we, we miss the fact that he's, he's, he's interacting with us and showing us things and making us aware of things and opening our eyes to things. This divine connection is yours if you are born again and you're living your life with Jesus as your Lord. I must move on quickly. There's a significance about this divine connection. This indwelling Holy Spirit brings about the availability of what is in heaven and presents it to you and I. Look with me, if you will, at uh, John chapter 14. John 14, verses 24 to 26. Jesus is talking, and he says, He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. And then he says this, this, these are the words I want you to get hold of. He says, these words you hearing me speak are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name... He will teach you, I can do it like this, He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus is saying, what you're hearing me say 
are not words that I've thought up in my own mind and now I'm presenting it to you. What I'm sharing with you has come to me from another source, from a higher source, from my Father. And he, he, he drops it into my spirit and it crystallizes in my understanding and I speak it with my mouth. That's powerful, people. It's not just man's words. They are words that are filled, impregnated with the life and power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you, you, this, this same Spirit is going to teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said. Look at, look at 12 verse 49. For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. That's quite some insight that we get there of how Jesus operated. But that was Jesus, right? That was Jesus. I, I'm, I'm hoping to get to that kind of standard someday. Turn with me to chapter 16 and verse 13. The Holy Spirit, well let me, let me read from verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he's speaking about the Holy Spirit, When he comes, and he came on the day of Pentecost, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you, he will tell you, not just the disciples, but he will tell us what is yet to come, and he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine. Hear me, folks, listen. He, this Holy Spirit is going to bring glory to Jesus by taking from what belongs to Jesus and making it known to you, to us. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Jesus unpacks it so clearly for us over there that what belongs to the Father has been made known to Jesus and Jesus has chosen that via the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is your divine connection to the Father and Jesus, via that conduit, What is of the heart of the Father is going to flow through from the Father and from Jesus into the Holy Spirit who will bring it to us. From the Father to Jesus, to us. What you receive by term, by... uh, um, virtue of inspiration has come from the Father heart of God. That's awesome, man. 
the indwelling Holy Spirit downloads divine truth. We call it revelation knowledge. It's, it's that thing when, when you're reading the same verse that you've read umpteen times before and when you're reading it from the word of God, suddenly, boom, it jumps out. And it takes on a brand new dimension. It's as if you're seeing it for the first time. Ah, don't go there, Paul. Carry on. But it's divine truth coming down to us. My friends, are you experiencing that? Because it is your portion. Something else I think is very neat is that this divine connection is powerful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this is a verse that has become so real to me during this period. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Just turn there with me, please. Let's look at it. I want you to see it. Chapter 6 and verse 17. Paul has just been speaking to them about the relationship between a man and a woman in in the flesh. He says that when they are united uh, in marriage, or even outside of marriage, which is actually the, the context here. He's talking about uh, chasing after the women of the night. And he said, when you unite yourself with somebody like that, you've become one flesh with that individual. And it's in that context that he, he then makes this statement. He says, but, and I love that, I've actually put a big red circle around that word, but, in my Bible. Verse 17. 1 Corinthians 6.17. Now, I, please, Holy Spirit, help us. Get hold of this. But he or she who unites themselves with the Lord. Can I see the hands of those who've done that? You've embraced Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've united yourself to the Lord. Now listen, listen, listen. This is what it says. But he or she who unites themselves with the Lord, is one spirit with Him. That blows my mind. Right now, you and I, we are one spirit with Him. That's just overbalance, not the anointing. In physical union, the Bible does describe it as being one flesh. It does have deeper repercussions in the soulish realm. But it never ever refers to it as being one spirit. And here we are. If we united ourselves with him, 
We are one spirit with him. Just think of what that opens up to you, my friend. When you begin to meditate this and it drops from being knowledge here to becoming vibrant reality here, it'll make such a difference to your walk with Christ. When you approach the sick, when you approach the demonized, when you approach the troubled, when you approach those who have no hope and you are able to speak because you are one spirit with him. It becomes words of life, not words taught by human wisdom, but words taught by the Spirit of God. And it changes, it impacts, it's far more powerful than any radiation, any chemotherapy, anything like that. It becomes the words of the living God that created this universe. Might be too much for you to swallow right now, and you may look to unfriend me now, but that's okay. <laughs> he who unites himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. That's enormous. I must rush. This divine connection we've been speaking about is also the source of revelation knowledge. Knowledge that is illuminated because God gives it. And I'd like you to follow with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You turn there please, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we'll read from verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2 from verse 9. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Those words are probably quoted from the book of Isaiah. I think I'm right in saying they're not found elsewhere. They're probably quoted by Paul from Isaiah chapter 64. And we, myself included, I've I've always looked at those words and applied them to the future life. But if they are quoted from Isaiah 64, Isaiah 64 is not talking about the future life. Isaiah 64 is referring to the blessings that come to those who are in intimate communion with God. And if you follow on in verse 10, it says, But God has, past tense, revealed it to us by his Spirit. In other words, it's already revealed. Let let, let me hasten and add, it is true of the future. You and I haven't got the foggiest. We've got no idea what heaven's going to be like. Heaven is an enormously fun place. 
And if you think you're going to be floating around on the cloud strumming a harp, you got it wrong. Heaven is going to be ongoing discovery, ongoing excitement, fulfillment of your deepest desires and yearnings. What you love down here that is righteous and good is going to be continued up there, only much more amplified. All right, you don't have to believe me. Wait and see. (laughs) Heaven is a great place. And those words could apply to heaven. But I'm trying to show you that when they're written, how they spoken is with reference to blessings that are available to us now. Because of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Can I encourage you to pursue a relationship with him? Don't treat him as some sort of far-off mystical being who, you know, is like some kind of Casper-looking character out there floating around. No! The one who lives in your heart, in your spirit man, in your, in your inner being, is the third person of the Godhead. He is the same spirit that belongs to God and to Jesus. And now he's in you. The spirit searches all things. Verse 10 continued. Even the deep things of God. Those mysteries of God that the world can never get hold of. Never. That the carnal Christian can never get hold of. It opens up stuff to you that makes you bold as a lion. That causes you to actually believe it when it says that we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. That illuminating agency, that divine connection, the deep things of God. He brings these and he reveals them to you so that you understand them. It rises from here to here. And you actually grasp it. He shows you where you're at and what is available to you in God because you are in Christ. There's a Chinese saying, That the natural man, the man without the Holy Spirit, sees with one eye. But the man with a spiritual eye, in other words, the indwelling Holy Spirit with you, sees with both eyes. 
I'm going to wrap it up. I'm not finished, but I'm going to wrap it up. That chapter ends with verse 16 right right before it goes on to speaking about divisions. It's almost as if the apostle is trying to get them to focus on, on, on who they are in Christ, what they have available to them, so that you know, he, can, he can either preclude or combat these divisions that are threatening the church in Corinth. And he says, but we have what? The mind of Christ. Those mysteries that we're so happy to just leave floating out there somewhere, uh, never ever to be understood, never ever to, to have an, uh, a, a means of explaining it to loved ones and to friends and to those beyond the Lord, outside of the Lord, I should say. Those things that exceed our ability to speak and understand with just the mind helping us. But he points out, because we've received the Spirit who is from the Lord, we are instructed via our spirits, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, of things otherwise unfathomable unfathomable to our natural minds. I hope you don't think I'm on a path of heresy here. I, with, I, I can only trust that God has enabled us to catch a glimpse this morning of our inheritance in the Lord. We read stuff, you know, and we just right over it, in the mind, out of the mind, gone, and we're on to the next thing. But may God this morning in some way grab hold of us by the scruff of the neck and say, hang on a bit. Slow down. Get hold of what you have inherited in me through Jesus. If we've accomplished just some of that, I'll go home a happy man. Oh, I've got great stuff that I haven't got time to share with you. Stuff that will change your life, man. And I want to say again, I thank God for this period of, of being able to isolate ourselves. Otherwise, I'd have been down at Costa drinking another flat white or doing something, sitting on the seashore watching the sailing boats or... or Heaven forbid. Social media. I'm so sick of that stuff. It plays a role, but it can rob you of the deeper things of God. I look in everywhere. 
They like this. If you're good, it's like this. <laughs> Saw a little cartoon of Peter at the pearly gates, and there were all these saints around him floating on clouds, and every single one of them was like this with their hands. And Peter said to one of the other apostles, what on earth are they staring at their hands for? (laughs) Now that wasn't in my notes, but I'm trying to make a point. Where does your investment lie? We haven't got time to muck about. The challenges are going to grow bigger. And if we have a a shallow seed, there is a danger of it being robbed by the enemy. Did you notice that Jesus listed as, first of all, his, his modus operandi as being he steals. He steals. Not he kills. That was second. He steals. And he wants to steal your faith. He wants you so involved with other stuff. that you miss that nourishment which is a spiritual nourishment that will keep you alive in the midst of today's troubles and what's still to come. That's it. I've done. <clears throat> can, we, can we pray together before we go, please? Will you stand? Please. And I'm going to pray that the Spirit of God will give us all a hunger and a thirst that will not be satisfied by just a Sunday morning sermon, by just a little devotional in the mornings. But we'll recognize its value to be far more than all the other stuff that occupies our time, and we will give it priority. Give him priority over and above. Somehow God will work it out and the rest of the stuff that is really important will fit in. And I hope not too many folk have unfriended me this morning. But folks, I'm going to be bold and say I know I've shared the heart of God with you. Father, here we are. Lord, thank you for being understanding. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you, Lord, that mercy shows up big time in judgment, what should be judgment. And so this morning as we stand here, Lord, you see our hearts. You know our lives. You know the challenges we face day by day. And I simply pray, come, Lord, and touch us in a way that will cause the church of Jesus Christ to no longer be a valley full of dry bones 
but will become a people filled with sin, uh, 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 skeletons that are t- uh, have sinews and muscle and skin attached to it, and that the breath of God will breathe deep into our being so that we rise to our feet as a mighty army. We mean that, Father. We mean it, Lord, we do. We're not just filling time. Father, we're crying out to you for something greater, deeper, and better. So come, Holy Spirit, and minister your life into these hearts, I pray, for the glory of God and for our salvation to mean the fullness of what you intended to be. In Jesus' name.